how did I get here? I thought I had planned really well to not arrive at this point where I'm now looking around saying, wait a minute, how did I get here? I'm so unhappy. (laughs) But it's not that I didn't plan well. It's more about this piece around like I wasn't conscious that the work that I was doing wasn't actually moving me where I wanted to go. Welcome to Successful, the podcast, a show about the stories of women redefining success. We're your hosts. I'm Carla. And I'm Natalie. Like you, we're two career women figuring out the meaning of success. In each episode, we bring you our stories and the stories of other women who are redefining success in life, in work, and on their own terms. everyone. Carla here. On today's episode, I get to interview life coach and my personal coach buddy, Sarah Leslie. When we recorded this episode, Natalie was off getting married, which is why I'm on my own. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Sarah. I'm Sarah Leslie, and I live in North Carolina currently. Historically, I lived in Florida for about 20 years, so I call it home. Uh, but now I live in the mountains with my husband, Troy, and our two miniature snowsers. And I'm a life coach that helps people create and live extraordinary lives. I am a life coach too. And so you're actually our first coach guest that we have on the podcast. So I'm particularly excited cool. to talk to you because <laughs> it's a coach talking to a coach. <laughs> It's going to be really fun. I was thinking, I was like, okay, how did Sarah and I meet? And I was going back in my head, you know, how it was that we ended up connecting. And now I consider you my coach buddy. You and I work together a lot and and we strategize and plan together for our own businesses. But the way that you and I connected in the beginning, if you remember, was through a networking, a Zoom networking group for our veers. And I remember joining that because I was like, well, I want to meet other people that live full time in their RVs and are nomads. And then I met you on there and you said that you were a coach. And I was like, oh, my goodness, another coach that also lives as a nomad. How cool is that? And so I feel like we were just predestined to Definitely. be friends. Yeah. yeah. But ever since I've gotten to know you and and especially, you know, starting with that, you, you were living in, in your van. And as I've gotten to know you through, through what you do as a coach, one word that kept, has kept coming to mind about how you live your life is intentionality, being intentional about the way that you live your life. So I would love to know if, well, first of all, does that resonate? Like, do you feel like, yes, you, you are someone that lives your life with intention? For sure. Definitely. Awesome. And I'd love to know just kind of how that came to be. Like, were you always that way? Or was there a point in your life where you said, you know, I want to be more conscious about the decisions that I make in my life and how I live my life? Like, just, I'd love to know a little bit about how you became that way and, and made living intention intentionally a priority. So intention? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's probably, I can safely say in the last several years that I became aware that I was so intentional and that it became an actual way of living consciously. But my roots in being intentional, I mean, my mother is very structured, very planned. We had itineraries for vacation. So I would just say like a lot of my roots uh, established me as an intentional person. 
for good or for bad. <laughs> yeah. T- being intentional, I think, is some- it's something that a lot of people say they want to live more or, or experience more in their lives. I've had several clients say that, you know, I want to be more intentional in my day-to-day living. But it's a little bit of uh, an abstract word. So how how would you say that you know that you're living your life intentionally every day? Maybe even as we unpack it a little bit more, some other words will we'll end up using some other words. I hear a lot in my in my practice, I want to be more consistent, which I kind of think is a very similar yeah. statement. I think for me it's like yes, intentional, but also conscious is another word that I use, being more conscious and doing the things that I say that I want to do and actually being a person that does what I say I'm going to do. And not just like I keep my word not just like I am responsible, I'm dependable kind of a thing, but like the things that I spend time talking about are actually the things that I spend time doing and then mastering so that it's like conscious and intentional. And another word that sometimes I use is honest. I I guess one of the things that comes to me is like, I have a hard time with people who talk a lot about how they want to do this, that, the other thing. And then over time, I get to know them and I'm like, oh, you actually just like talking about how you're going to do this, that and the (laughs) other thing versus actually being a person that does this, that or the other thing. So a little bit of it probably is my own way of being like, well, I'm definitely not going to be like that Yeah. (laughs) because I don't want other people to look at me and be like, oh yeah, Sarah, she just likes talking about doing things. She doesn't actually do them. (laughs) Yeah. The word that comes to mind as you're saying, or I guess it's two words is is follow through. And it's something that, that you absolutely, you're, you're right. You are someone that you say something and you do it. So, so you and I meet, I I love the relationship that we have. Not only are we friends, but we're coach buddies and we support one another as we're building our coaching businesses. And every month you and I meet and we say, okay, this month, this is who I want to be. And these are the goals that I want to go after. And I mean, without fail, we come together a month later and you're like, I did this, I did that. I mean, just, you, you just blow me out of the water. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to keep up. <laughs> and you're just oh, doing all the things. So you you really inspire me to get my act together and, and follow through. You will, you and I'm learning to also be able to come back to the table and say, I thought I wanted to do this thing. And then I decided, no, that actually wasn't what I really wanted to do. And so I did this other thing instead, which is yeah. equally important. Yeah. And having self-compassion for that, I think is important to be like, it's okay that the thing that I thought I wanted to do a month ago is no longer the right thing. I think I personally struggle. Like I, I, I'm someone who wants to do a lot of things. Like I'll just put on Facebook, like I'm launching a podcast. I'm launching a coaching business. I'm writing a book, you know? And I do that publicly because I, it does help me with accountability, but sometimes I do think like, Oh, what if I don't follow through? You know, what are are people going to say that I that I'm uh, flaky or whatever. And I think that it's also important to be like, it's okay if you say that you're going to do something and then you realize that that's not the right thing, right? You change your mind. You're allowed to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And we do it all the time. Exactly. Yeah. You're constantly reevaluating. Some of us have no idea what we're doing. And that's okay too. (laughs) 
So do you feel like you've been intentional and, and conscious and had that follow through throughout your whole career? Or do you feel like that's something that you've mastered more as an entrepreneur and as a coach? So I, I guess I would say I've sort of evolved into the conscious piece in the last five years. And then from there also being, okay, I'm saying I'm going to do this. And now I actually am going to do it. And here's how. And that's been more in like recent years. And I would say like the last five years, that there was a significant shift from me being a person that talked about things, researched them, looked into them and took like a longer time, which is still being very intentional, but it's less action oriented within the intentionality. And so I became a lot more conscious, like, oh, I'm like putting things off for too long, or I'm feeling small and boxed in in this way. And so, yes, I'm being very thoughtful and intentional, but I'm also staying small and safe and not actually taking action because it feels scary or hard. So I've really worked on that part over the last few years and have seen massive change because I focused on that part. Was that aligned time-wise with your transition from being a therapist to a coach? And I'd love to learn a little bit more about that transition. It was totally around that time. And again, one of the things that I've been talking about is my dissatisfaction at my job. Um, And I, my own process and desire to like, understand, like, how did I get here? I, I thought I had planned really well to not arrive at this point where I'm now looking around saying, wait a minute, how did I get here? I'm so unhappy. (laughs) Didn't I plan better? Because I was supposed to not get to this point. And so like, lo and behold, oh, here I am overworked. I'm not satisfied in my personal love life. I'm actually now growing greatly dissatisfied in my job. And didn't I plan better? Like what's wrong with me? Did I not plan better? to get myself not to be here. And I didn't. But it's not that I didn't plan well, right? It's not that I wasn't like intentional enough. It's more about this piece around like I wasn't conscious that the work that I was doing wasn't actually moving me where I wanted to go. And so for me, that was the clarity for me. It's like, okay, I am very intentional and very methodical and very structured. I'm a hard worker, all these things. But they're not getting me the result that I want in my life. So I could keep working down that road all day long and actually never get where I had wanted to go. So I had a, a sequence of very significant wake-up calls that brought me attention and brought me to a place of consciousness. The one uh, really significant one was the person that I had been dating this is a you know a few years ago now, woke up, essentially woke up one morning and was like, you know, I can't, I can't continue the relationship. In short, the conversation was more involved, but in short, I can't continue this relationship mm-hmm. because it's hard for me to work on my life when I am around you and you're so unhappy. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. hard to even admit yeah. it right now still. <laughs> I can feel the pain of hearing that and being like, wait a minute, what? I like love you. And you're telling me that we can't have this relationship because I'm too unhappy, which obviously reveals some of his stuff also. But I had to really take responsibility for my part, which was like, oh, wait a minute. If I'm saying that this is one of the most important things that I want in my life is to have love, to have a partner. And here's someone who's amazing 
that I would like to be with. And he's telling me he can't hold everything. This has to get addressed right now. So it was between that and then another day over at my sister's house and we're cooking and I'm talking about my job and I'm voicing complaints about my job and talking about this, that and the other thing. And really like big picture, I now understand that what I was actually doing was wanting someone else to tell me, yeah, you're right. That situation is not good for you. You should leave. But instead of me doing that for myself, it looked like I was complaining and being like, can you believe this thing happens at work? And like, I have to deal with it, which is really our back ass 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 words. I just made up a new word there of saying, (laughs) (laughs) I'll use it. We'll go with it. Of saying, It won't someone like tell me or give me permission that I can actually do what my heart is already telling me needs to happen. So she's, we're in the kitchen and she, my niece, who's was 16 at the time, 15 maybe, I don't remember, it doesn't matter. She looks at me and she says, auntie, when are you going to actually just get a different job and actually like stop talking about how unhappy you are at your job? I mean, I felt like someone had slapped me in the face. She did energetically slap me in the face. And I was like, whoa, if my little niece, who I see myself as a role model for, is actually identifying in me something that I can't stand and other people constant complain about something and not taking action. Whoa, again, I seriously need to take a look at this. So those were like the two most significant moments where I was like, nope, everything needs to get put on hold until I figure out how I've gotten to this point and how I'm getting out of it. So that's what Mm -hmm. happened. Like everything just, I stopped and I was like, nope. And I just started doing serious inventory. So I got a bunch of help. It was about an eight month, eight, nine month period of me stopping and doing research and evaluating, okay, who can I hire? Who can I bring into my orbit to help me figure out this problem? So I went all in and was like, this problem, my mindset shifted into this problem will be solved or else. (laughs) Various people, professionals, friends that I surrounded myself with and opened up to, to say like, please come in and help me sort this out. And I need to get over to the other side. There's no other alternative. It, it does take having people, the people that love you, the people that are around you, almost like put up a mirror and show you like, hey, you, you're not happy. I remember too, when I was transitioning from my corporate job to my own business, I was in denial because I wanted you know, I didn't want to disappoint and making a transition like that is really scary, really hard. And I remember kind of like your niece, my husband was like, Carla, just leave. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Just leave. I can't just leave. But it was, it could be that simple. If I opened my mind to leaving, it didn't mean leave to do nothing. It meant leave to go in a different direction, you know, leave to explore what it is that is going to really light you up and fulfill you. So I love that you had a person like that. Um, and I bet that that you taking action and listening to her is going to impact her, you know, as somebody that you're you're trying to set an example for. It really was one of the triggers that shifted everything. It led very soon after I was like, oh, I can't just keep looking for a job. 
because I was looking for another job, which didn't actually mean I was getting another job. So then it became, I'm getting another job, Uh, which is when basically I was like, yeah, and I'm not actually even waiting to get the job to get myself out of this environment that is unsafe for me to be in. That was how I felt. And again, it's like, well, man, if I feel unsafe, what the fuck am I still doing here? Because like, seriously, nothing else should matter if my safety is being threatened. Now, again, I just want to say like, that was my perspective. And my, you know, the position that I was in and the responsibilities that I was being given led me to the belief that I felt unsafe, just to qualify wasn't literally unsafe. The short story there is I did, I left, I put in my notice, and I gave a two month notice, uh, which turned into a week on their decision, which, you know, at first I was very offended. And then I was like, you know what, it's totally fine. This is actually even better. Because now I can just get started with the other thing sooner. And then very shortly after that, once that happened, I mean, that was massive decision um, because all of the things that we're taught to like believe brings us security, like having a job, like having an income, uh, I was saying no to so that I could say yes to something else, including my safety and my sanity. But that just started, it, it was like the gatekeeper to, okay, what else have I been talking about? That hasn't been right. That hasn't been in alignment with what I what I felt was true for me. That needs to get taken care of because let's line it up, and I'm just gonna check it off the list one at a time and get it done. So I ended up selling my house, got rid of all of my stuff that I really didn't want and literally felt like was trapping me or keeping me from being able to travel. And so again, it was my perspective. Like, was my things weren't literally keeping me from traveling. But it was what I needed to do in order to be able to feel more free and to travel. And I just didn't want all the responsibilities of the stuff wasn't something that I wanted. So so I turned my house sort of more or less into a thrift store, had people over, people bought things, I gave stuff away, cleared out my two-story house and moved to a little studio near the beach. And then very soon after that, started the coaching business. But all of those took mass amount of personal growth work and other people from the outside coming in and helping me see what was possible where I just literally couldn't see for myself. One of the things that, that I think you are, um, that you practice quite a bit and, and I really admire is, is your self-awareness and, and you clarified a few times, you know, it's not the reality necessarily. It's the way that I'm perceiving the situation. So I'd love to know a little bit more, like, I I think that now I'm getting the impression just from knowing you now and in this new era of your life, that you are someone that is very conscious of, of your thoughts. Um, so I'd love to know kind of your perspective on just that, like, especially as a coach, like, how do you think that our thoughts shape our reality and vice versa? I know that's a little bit of a esoteric question, but it is something that is very important to be aware of as a coach, right? To help our clients notice their thoughts. Um, So if, if, yeah, I'd love to hear kind of your perspective on that. I laugh because I just got off the phone with uh, my coach that I'm working with and 
it's the most powerful work to do, in my opinion, is to uncover uh, what the thoughts are that are driving our behavior. So I would, I'm intensely immersed in all of this right now, both because it's my work, but also because it's the personal work that I believe in doing and I am doing. Uh, so I love talking about it. I believe that our beliefs, the shortest, easiest way to think about it for me is my beliefs form my identity. And so when I say that, it's like the thoughts are what come out of our mouth based on our beliefs. So it's like even in that description of like, I felt unsafe. That was my belief when I was in that setting. And, you know, it's less less about whether or not like it's true for you or for me, like as far as like whether or not it was right or wrong. There were things that were going on in that environment that I didn't agree with that led me to feel and believe that I was putting myself in an unsafe situation. So the thoughts there were turning into this belief, which is I am unsafe, which naturally from that lens, it's like, well, then all of these other things start percolating like, well, why am I still here? And what does that say about me that I'm finding myself in an unsafe situation? And I'm staying, right? And so if we were to like look at all of my life, well, there are lots of other examples that I could refer to where I would have had that same experience of feeling unsafe and going against what my inner intuition was telling me that was good for me at that time. And I was staying. So I have like a pattern of awareness that I do that. So having that awareness is literally what brings people freedom. It's like, oh, wait, I just have a pattern of belief that there will be things where there will be situations where I will feel unsafe. And it's like because of my other beliefs that I choose to stay. Right. So like one of the beliefs that I would be believing that keeps me in in an unsafe situation is you have to really work hard at things. Right. And I know you can relate to that one. So then naturally we would stay right in our work environments where we were feeling more or less to say unsafe. So I think our thoughts turn into our thoughts come from the beliefs that we hold about how we see the world. Our beliefs are how we see the world, how we see ourselves, how we see others. It's everything that forms our realities. Those beliefs define us who we are. So the way I talk about it with clients is it's like the beliefs that you hold equal turn into your identity and how you view who you are. So even just like saying, if we stick with this one theme, like I'm a person that stays in unsafe situations when I feel like I haven't worked hard enough to decide I can leave. That creates my identity like that, 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 that defines who I am as a person. So working through that belief in a way that brings me something that's more supportive and more freeing is the work I do with people and the work I do on myself. I love that. I l- that help? Oh, absolutely. No, and oh, you explain it so beautifully. I feel like it can be something very <laughs> ambiguous and difficult to explain. 
So thank you. Um, but I, you know, I, I love that awareness. Like it really does start with that awareness of it comes from a belief which shapes your identity, but you don't have to have those beliefs. Like, yes, you have had experiences throughout your life and your filters and the way that you see yourself and you see the world have been shaped by your experiences, by your environment. But that's to this point in time. From now on forward, you can choose the beliefs that do serve you, right? Like some beliefs are going to serve you and some are not. And so having the awareness of, huh, I have this belief, like, you know, a very common belief is, well, for me and and a lot of women that I work with is you got to, like your point, you got to work really hard. And when you retire, then you can enjoy your life. I certainly had that belief. And it came from observing my parents and it came from just the society that I was in and even going to college and, you know, working in corporate. And it took a long time to realize like that. Yeah. And my identity with that was I am someone who works my butt off and rises up quickly and works really hard and brings the money, but doesn't have a life outside of work. And that's okay because that's how it should be. And then I got to a point in my 30s where I was like, wait a minute, I don't want to wait until I retire to <laughs> travel and, and, and be present and enjoy my life right now. Yeah. It took, and it took some work to reshape that belief because it was so connected to my identity. And, and I, I love how you connect right. with that. Yeah. But you can change your identity. You can change your belief to change your identity, right? Like a, a simple, there's a great book. I think you've read this book. I, th- I think you mentioned it, Atomic Habits. It's a it's a great book uh, about creating micro habits. But they re- he really I'm blanking on the name of the author at this point. But uh, James James Clear, um, he talks about identity and and how like you can choose the belief that you are someone, for example, who works out every morning, right? Like even just using the words, even if you don't fully believe it, but just use the yeah. words, and then your beliefs will start to align with with the words and therefore your identity too in ways that serve you so yeah thoughts are really powerful yeah it is totally powerful I mean I think it really is uncovering the beliefs and then changing them just to, to share in short like that is the work of personal growth is really identifying those beliefs that are not true and or beliefs that were put on us that we came to believe and are now functioning out of and is now creating our reality. And another way of saying that is it's now creating your life. Yeah. So it really puts it in very simplistic form and it also identifies, oh, well, if that's really true, that my beliefs form my identity. Uh, again, I'm saying it for all of who are listening, I'm saying it in a very simplistic way for easy understanding. That if my beliefs form my identity and my identity and who I am in the world creates the life that I'm living, well, then just like you're saying, I can also change my beliefs, which changes who I am, my identity. And therefore also has to change the life I'm living. So if I'm not, I'm a person that's not happy, there is so much hope. And it's like, man, that's my heart. My message is I actually was, was reworking my mission statement this morning. Um, as I find myself doing on a fairly regular basis, like how, what's the best way to say this? Uh, but it's to end suffering. 
really like my truest heart from when I was 10 years old is that I have a heart to end people's suffering, including my own. And the work of ending the suffering really starts with changing beliefs, changing identity. Yeah. And that's not easy work because it's so rooted in our childhoods, you know, it goes way, way back and for us as human beings, but it's so important work and it's so powerful for, you know, like, like somebody in a client will come with, with one problem, like career related, for example, but if you can teach them to notice and get and create awareness of their beliefs and therefore transform their identity and therefore their, their reality, that's something that that's a skill that applies in any aspect of your life, which yeah, I think is what how what makes coaching so powerful to really teach that that awareness. Totally. Because you just like you said, you can literally coach on any topic, mm-hmm. any circumstance, and change their entire life. Ah, great plug for coaching. <laughs> Did we mention we're coaches? <laughs> I love it. So one thing that I that I would love to hear from you. So when I was going through coach training, we were trained or we we were taught to really understand the difference between therapy and coaching. And what a privilege it is that I have here a friend that is a coach that was also a therapist. I would love, you know, just personally, but also for the benefit of our listeners, for you to explain what is the difference between being a therapist and being a coach? Yeah, so funny, right? I've been a therapist for 20 years. And I still have the thought, hmm, can I answer that question? (laughs) Can I tell him what to do? Which is so funny. Yeah, just so funny. Um, But the way that I see it for me and in my experience, when I was doing therapy, providing therapy, the focus that I ended up working on or with was a lot around understanding the past and what has happened um, as a way of understanding the present versus now in my coaching work, my focus is on understanding what's happening right now in your present. We do go back and pinpoint like, okay, well, let's track down sort of like I call it an investigator because Law and Order was like my favorite show uh, for, for like many years there in between 15 and 25 or something. Let's go back and like find, investigate where that belief started. We pluck it out of childhood and then we come back to the present very quickly. And I also like coaching for me is very much around personal responsibility. So it's helping a person understand like this is created. Your life is created by you. And here's how that works. And here's how it means you can change whatever it is that you're not happy with. Versus in therapy, I can just tell you, I didn't have that information. The short story there for me, the difference with therapy and the difference with me being a therapist and being a coach is I just plain didn't have that information. Hmm. That was not taught in therapy school (laughs) or any of the trainings that I went to in 20 years and or my brain didn't hear it that way, to be fair, because there may have been people out there, trainings that I went to. If you're listening, that I attended, you might have been saying that, but my brain didn't hear it because my background and my filter of therapist was like, oh, no, we have to go back and look at what happened back there so that you can make sense of what's happening right now. Whereas coaching, it's like, no, here's what's happening right now. Boom. This is why 
And now I'm going to help you understand how that's playing out in every area of your life. And then I'm going to help you change that thought and then change all your actions so that it lines up with who you actually want to be. So they're really two different. There really are two very different things. And I'm very much still a therapist in my, you know, being. It's not like I believe I can just stop being a therapist. That's silliness. Um, I will say I refer people to therapists when some new thing comes up or there's a new thing in life that happens. Somebody dies, you know, where the person gets overtaken by their emotions and the trauma, I'll just say as a general, uh, gets overtaken by the trauma of the scenario that happens. Therapy is definitely needed and beneficial. Um, And I think. You know, if you're a person that sees how they have access to resources, do both because they both have a role. And just like in every single profession out there, there are people that do the job really well and there are people that don't do the job well. So it's applicable to both of these professions. And I just, you know, want to say that because I'm a very firm advocate that in every profession, There are people who are well-qualified and well-trained, and there are people who just suck at the job. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well said. So they both have a role, but coaching for me is like, let's really look at where you're headed and how you can get there. That's a great explanation, and it makes me feel good that that is how I heard it when I was taking my coach training. (laughs) Yes. And I love that you're advocating yes. for both. I, I have clients that have both. And I love that because sometimes it is necessary to spend that time on the the history and the childhood and the past events and dig through those. And sometimes it's helpful to be like, okay, let's, to your point, like, let's discover it a little bit, investigate it a little bit, but let's move forward because it's no longer serving you to stay in the past so much. Um, so having both, I think, yeah. is, is really enriching. So, yeah, totally. So how much do you feel now? And and I, I took a peek at your website. Well, I'd already seen it, you know, when we met, but knowing that I was going to interview is like, I want to, I want to learn even more. Uh, but the thing that stood out to me right away on your main page was about living your life's purpose. And I, I love that because mm-hmm. so many people are trying to find that or feel disconnected from that. They don't know if they are, if they aren't living their purpose. So how much do you feel that you're living your life's purpose? And how did you, well, you, you told us a little bit about how you discovered it, but like, how, how, how do you know that you are? How do I know that I am? Well, yes, definitely. I do believe I am. And it's such a subjective thing. And I would also say like it changes, right? We don't yes. just have one purpose. It's not like, oh, you're born and here's your purpose. Let me hand it to you, yeah. which is really at the root of why so many people struggle. It's because they're asking, what is my purpose? And what, like, what is the purpose of being here, right? A bunch of big questions. I would say I discovered my purpose. I, I very early on in life, the the moment that I pinpoint is I was watching um my parents were watching one of the new shows like Dateline and there was a story about a boy that was helping to clothe hand out blankets and bring like food of some kind to homeless people on the streets of Philadelphia. 
And when I and they called me in and they were like, oh, watch this kid. He's, you know, 12 years old, just the same age as I was and blah, 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 blah. And I watched it and I was like, I want to do that. I feel it inside of me like I am meant to help people who are struggling and can't seem to help themselves, which just started me on my whole path. It inspired me. I mean, I did a whole bunch of things in middle school and then high school, but it turned into my major of social work. Uh, So I've been pretty consistent following that path. What I would say it was different before than where I am now in following my purpose is that I was following it, but I was following it in a way that was like the way that the world, and I use that just loosely generally, like outside influences was shaping me to follow it, right? So even like that I should be a social worker you know, it was like my mom was trying, was helping me figure out which college to go to and like what I was going to major in based on me saying like my purpose is to help people who can't help themselves. So she just like plucked it out of wherever and was like, oh, you should study social work. And me not knowing any better, I was like, yeah, that sounds like it's what I want. And so then just following that track versus really tuning in to what I call God and my own inner voice that guides me, right? So I was really like focused on following like what other people were helping me to figure out and go in that direction, more from like a logical, intellectual route versus being able to follow a similar trajectory, but always checking in with, does this feel right? Like, is this how I'm meant to do it? Does this line up, right? So like one of the things in the social work track that my mom also would have told me from her research of social work was, well, from what I'm learning about it, you're probably only going to make 50K at the most ever. And so I just developed that belief that, okay, if I want to do my work's purpose, my life's purpose and helping people that can't help themselves, then I'm only ever going to make 50000 So obviously, as you're growing, as I'm growing, and I'm like hitting 25, I'm like, oh, like, that's all I'm ever going to make? This is coming into serious con- like conflict with like my other dreams. But instead of actually saying, well, that doesn't work for me, right? If I had had a coach back at 25, when I started having some of these big, you know, this isn't working. Life isn't going according to plan. Hopefully that person at that time would have helped me understand you don't actually have to continue believing that in order to help people who are struggling, you'll only ever make 50K. So that's the difference for me now. I'm living my purpose in an expanded way that basically says, I'm going to listen to my own inner voice, which I refer to as God inside of me, guiding and directing me when I'm willing to listen and be still. I always have clear messaging and prompting and intuition that says, go over here, go talk to this person, connect with, connect with this person Mm -hmm. who's here right in front of me, right? (laughs) Talk to her, like, go to that nomad group. And then, oh, yeah, talk to that person. And who knew, right? So it's like, okay, now my goal is to live in tune with that side of me, that voice, so that I can do my purpose 
in a way that feels authentic and honest and easy compared to the old way, which felt really hard and subject to approval by a mass of other people outside of myself. Taking like little mental (laughs) notes, like, okay, check in with yourself. Your purpose doesn't have to be just one, doesn't have to be this big one purpose in life. It can change. Your purpose doesn't have to be what other people are expecting of you, right? Like you can go with your intuition. I love that you mentioned your intuition. So often we make decisions by logic and emotion, but we also need to bring in the, the intuition. So so much goodness there for you to really be living in your true purpose in a way that you feel really good about you like have to zone into the intuition absolutely you have to make that that space to to listen and and yeah. and the feeling like it doesn't have to feel so hard i love that because i think that there is this idea that to succeed and reach your dreams it has to be hard and it's supposed to feel hard for you to get the reward but you know, does it doesn't always have to feel hard. Yeah, it's not going to always be easy, but but it is also to, important to. It goes back to the belief, right? Do you have to have that right. belief? Not necessarily. There, there are other ways. One question to start to to wrap up, and this is a key question because, as you know, the name of our podcast is successful, and really the premise behind that is, you know, that we all have the. All, all of us as women, entrepreneurs, uh, corporate executives, wh- whatever roles we're playing in life, we have the ability to define what success means for us. And I think you already started to get to that a little bit um, with saying, you know, I, I don't, don't have to meet the expectations of other people. It can be what I define for myself. So I'm curious, how do you define success for yourself today and how is it different from what that definition used to be, you know, even a year or or five years ago? So successful, what really stands out for me is trusting myself. I know that I am being successful when I am trusting myself and taking action. So I guess it's those two parts. When I am trusting myself and taking action, I am being successful. I am successful. I mean, I guess the other thing I would pair with that is I know like success for me is is rooted now in the fact that I like myself. That's important. That I'm not like, <laughs> oh, what's wrong with you? Like 10 years ago, I would have been talking to myself throughout the day. I still talk to myself throughout the day, but I would have been saying things like, what's wrong with you? Why did you do that? Why did you say it that way? You shouldn't have said it that way, like all day constantly critiquing myself. And now I don't do that, which is still like mind blowing to me that that actually transformation can happen and did happen. Um, So for me, success is I have come to a place within myself where I can now rest and reside in, I really like who I am. And you know, it's interesting, actually, I guess I'll add because I just had this breakthrough this week. I used to feel alone a lot. And I've realized like, man, I can now see because of where I am now in life, I can see that my feeling alone is 
was actually another way of me saying, of course, completely had no idea this is what I was saying, is I don't like who I am. I don't like my own company. And another way of saying that is I don't trust myself to take care of myself in a way that allows me to enjoy life. And now I do. And I now have an amazing life, which is a direct result of me changing my identity and changing my beliefs. So it's completely different. It's like apples and oranges (laughs) different on how I define success now and before. Yeah. And it's internal, right? And it's not based on... It's all about me. Yeah. And and therefore you can... You can change it. You can control it. You can achieve it, achieve that success. It's within reach because it's, it lives within you. Yeah. yeah. So what, what advice would you give to our listeners, either based on what you just shared and how you define success? Like how can other people find what success means for them or just general advice based on the work that you do as a coach? I guess just parting words. Well, I want to, I definitely want to, want to oh, like um, honor the breakthrough I had around alone. And so for anyone who's listening, who, Ooh, and I just attacks me with emotion because I feel so much for people who feel that deep alone because it is such a real feeling and it can be just, it's a completely life sucking feeling to feel so morbidly alone to know you're not alone and you actually reside with your very best friend who's just like waiting to be your very best friend and advocate, which is yourself. That person within you that is just waiting to burst out and live the most amazing life that is available for you right now is literally already right there with you. You literally can't see her until you do this kind of work where you can literally discover her. But I, I guess the other piece of that, because we're, we're, we know we're drawing in successful women, uh, you know, who are hardworking, who, who feel like they have to have it all together, My being one of them for years, I can tell you, I could not do it alone. It's not that I didn't work hard enough. It's that I wasn't smart enough. It wasn't that I, you know, didn't go to enough trainings. I didn't read enough books. None of that was true. And I was a professional helper. It was literally, and it is literally, that you literally can't see what is holding you back. You literally can't see those beliefs that are literally making you feel alone and unsafe or distrusting of yourself or like your life is never going to work out the way you want it to. All of those beliefs are coming from inside of you and you can't see them without you asking for help from someone else who can actually be the mirror to help you see how you're believing them. So I think that's the main thing I would want to leave with people because it really hit me this week. Like, man, I spent years believing in being alone. I like convinced that that was the case. And it wasn't. It really wasn't. And I would have never figured that out if I had not asked for help from other people to help me understand how that was true to actually get to free. 
So that's beautiful. Thank you so much for for vulnerably sharing that realization that you had this week. I think that's such a powerful message that you're not alone, both from the perspective of the people outside of you, but also you yourself as the friend that you can be to yourself. Yeah. You just need to find find her in there. Yeah. And, and ask for help for someone to hold up that that mirror to help you see the beliefs that you're not not seeing. That's so powerful, uh, Sarah. Thank you. How can people get in touch with you and learn more about the work that you do? Yeah. So the best way is go to my website, Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, Leslie, L-E-S-L-I-E, coaching. I don't have to spell that. Dot uh, com. So SarahLeslieCoaching.com. All my information is there. There's a link on there. You can schedule a call if this has resonated with you and you want to chat further. I love hearing people's stories. There's a direct link on there that you can book a call to chat with me. Thank you so much. And we'll include your website in the show notes as well. So you can just quickly find it and go learn more about Sarah. She's wonderful. Yay. I can attest. She's my coaching buddy. Thank you. You're wonderful. <laughs> Thank you so much for Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show, Sarah. I really appreciate Absolutely. it. I learned a lot. I always do when I talk to you. <laughs> Thank you. It's an honor. I love being with you. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Successful. If you liked what you heard, give us a follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram at SuccessfulThePod. See you next time. Bye.